What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me, your host, Dan the Viking. This week, we are going to be talking about a superstar, a man who changed the world of sport as we know it. Now, superstars in sport are extremely rare. You can probably think of a couple, someone like maybe Michael Jordan for basketball, uh, possibly David Beckham or Messi for football, um, Tom Brady. These are household names, superstars in their sports. Um, None of them are quite as big as the man we're talking about today. Uh, This man changed the face of the American sport. And it's, uh, I believe it's called America's Game. I believe it's still one of the most popular games in America it's not a game I've ever managed to get involved in or or, or um, understand, but it's still one of the most popular sports in America, and it is still one of the biggest sports around the world. It's played across the globe. We have teams in this country. We have teams in Europe, in China, in uh, Russia. I don't know about Australia, but I'm assuming there are probably teams down there as well. And we are talking, of course, about the sport of baseball now many of you probably listen to this thinking i'm not really into my sports i don't particularly like baseball even if i am into sports like myself for example i'm not a baseball fan but i have certainly heard of the man babe ruth now babe ruth is the subject of this podcast and to be honest guys it is a story that is not necessarily 100% about sports. It's more about what this man was able to achieve and how he's achieved it and how he stacks up throughout history. You've got to remember Babe Ruth started playing baseball in the early 1900s. So you're talking 
a hundred years ago and he is still one of the most iconic sportsmen ever to grace the stage and it's a hundred years ago so somebody to have that sort of an impact a hundred years later and still be spoken about as one of the greatest baseball players of all time is quite a fascinating feat and I mean that in the nicest way when you look at for example, I'm going to take football because, and to Americans, that is soccer. I'm going to take football um, as an example of this. When you look at players who play football now, um, like I said, players like Cristiano Ronaldo, players like Messi, um, even a few years ago, players Thierry Henry, and David Beckham, some of the biggest names ever to grace the football field. And then you compare them to players earlier in the century, players like Pele, Maradona. Um, you could even go a little bit further back, George Best, um, even Bobby Moore, the, the old England captain, some of the greatest players back then. The game has changed so much since they started playing that if players like George Best in their prime or Bobby Moore in their prime were to come and play football today, they would find that it's a completely different sport. It's so much faster. It's so different to how they played it. Um, Babe Ruth is still in the top three all-time greatest American baseball players for home runs and, and runs scored. So the sport itself, for him to transition and still be, if he was still playing today... And with the improved uh, equipment, he would probably still be as great as he was back then. And that's a fantastic thing to think about when you actually think of what he achieved a hundred years ago. But how many people know the real story of Babe Ruth? Well, that's what we're going to get into today. George Herman Ruth Jr. was his real name. And he was born... Wow. This is the funny thing. He was actually born on the 6th of February, 1894. But for most of his life, he believed he was born on the 7th of February, 1894. Except for when he went for a passport, he found out his birth certificate was one year and one day out. So, very strange. Um, and there is a bit of controversy as to some of the things so there's a lot of things when he signed for certain clubs um they said oh he was 19 years old well he was actually he could have been 20 um no one's really sure whether he was he was actually born in uh, 1895 or 94 i think it's more likely to be the birth certificate was right and he was born on february the 6th 1895 there's no reason or explanation as to why he was given a, a different birthday, but we'll move on from there. He was born in Baltimore, Maryland. So for those of you who don't know, that is on the east coast of America. And he was born on a, like a waterside sort of town. He grew up not poor. His father was a saloon owner or a pub owner for you British. Um, and he had a, a sort of a normal childhood growing up. The problem is... His dad didn't really have time to raise him. And like most kids back then, and not so much now, but back then, kids who didn't really have much parental control, 
they turned to violence and messing about on the streets. Uh, Babe Ruth was none the same. He did exactly the same. He was a bit of a delinquent. He was a bit of a tearaway child, and he had no real discipline at home. Uh, Because of this, at the age of seven, he was sent away to a boarding school. He was sent to St. Mary's Industrial School for Boys, which was a Catholic school and essentially a bit of a prison. Um, Many boarding schools were um, and still are, I suppose, are, are still described as a bit of a prison. But St. Mary's had a big focus on athletics. Okay, they had a big focus on all of their students would be involved in some form of sporting activity. They believed this was good for, um, obviously, for education. They believed it was good for discipline. um, And they believed it was good for fitness. And all of these are true. They are absolutely good for all three of those. Babe Ruth fell in love with the sports of baseball at a very young age. He was very, very good at it as well. Obviously, at a young age... He was sort of 15 and 16 years old and he was playing in the the bigger teams with the, the older lads. When he was younger, sort of 11 and 12, he was playing with the 16-year-olds. Um, and when he was 16, he was playing with almost the adults. Um, and that's that goes to show how good he actually was. He was quickly the best player at the school. And when you're the best player at a school, you tend to draw attention from outside influences and that's exactly what he did he was a left-handed pitcher uh, excuse me in his younger years try and say that with a few drinks down here and he became that good that he attracted the attention of a man named jack dunn he was the owner of the baltimore oracles and they signed him on a minor league contract at the age of 19 years old could be 20 depending on which age you look at either way he was on his way to becoming a professional a full-time professional baseball player and at that young age he was already turning heads and he was a very very good pitcher and left-handed pitchers I'm going to assume uh, correct me if I'm wrong, being the same as cricket are quite rare. Uh, so obviously I come from a cricketing country. Uh, left-handed bowlers in cricket are, are a lot harder to play against if you're a right-handed batsman. And considering the majority of people are right-handed, a left-handed bowler would be very difficult. I'm assuming it's the same in baseball. A left-handed pitcher throwing to a right-handed batsman would be extremely awkward and if you are a very good left-handed pitcher then you're certainly going to draw more attention as well. It was at this team where Babe Ruth uh, found the name Babe where he lost his uh, his name of George. Um, no one really ever called him George again for the rest of his life and he was called Babe because he was a young up-and-coming player he was very naive about uh, the working world he'd literally come from uh, a a port town almost um, gone straight into a catholic boarding school where he would played baseball and he wanted to see the world he'd come out fresh face young no real life experience behind him and he's come into a minor league team where they called him Babe because he was essentially a baby. He was a man-child. But this man-child 
was extremely good at what he did. He was that good that he actually won 14 games in half a season. And this was before the team went into a bit of money trouble and Babe Ruth was sold on. Now, he was sold to the Boston Red Sox. And I'm assuming there will be some of you cheering about that and some of you booing about that because, like in any sport, we have rivalries. And the Boston Red Sox were a major league team and they were a lot bigger, a lot uh, a lot stronger, a lot better. And he would be now a professional player in the highest level of the sport. He didn't play that much in 1914, but his main fame came the year later. Um, he helped the Boston Red Sox to win the pennant, um, which I'm assuming is just a minor league trophy or a, a trophy just before the World Series um, and he helped them win 19 games on that streak. He then helped them to win said World Series in that year. The following year he helped them to 23 wins and a World Series over the Brooklyn Dodgers again becoming this great household name. The following year they didn't win the World Series, but he did help them to 24 wins, bringing his total over a three-year period to 65 wins in all, which is pretty impressive for a pitcher. And it was even more impressive considering they'd won two World Series as well in that time. Babe Ruth was widely regarded in 1917 as the best left-handed pitcher in baseball. But it's not really what he's remembered for. He's not known for being a pitcher. He's known for being a hitter. Now, for those of you who don't know the sport of baseball, there is a stark contrast between pitchers and hitters. Uh, you're either good at one or the other. Uh, you don't tend to be very good at both. And that's mainly because you, f you sort of flutter around and you practice more at one or the other. And this is very the same for cricket, um, and I will keep bringing it back to cricket because that is my sport, um, and it is the only real comparison we have in this country. Um, and I know we have a lot of British and Australian listeners, and they will understand what I mean by um, a batsman and a bowler is very similar to pitchers and hitters. And you have the oddities, which are all-rounders, which what we call all-rounders, um, and what uh, I'm assuming you guys just call pitchers and hitters. But either way, an all-rounder is someone who can do both, but they are very rare, and they're normally better at one than the other. Well, Babe Ruth has already won two World Series and proved that he is potentially the best, one of the best pitchers, at least, in the world. So to be one of the best pitchers in the world, you're probably not going to assume you're going to be one of the best batsmen in the world or one of the best hitters in the world. Um, but... This is where he proved everyone, I would say, everyone wrong. 1918 and 1919, Babe Ruth fluttered between pitching and hitting. He led them to a World Series in 1918, and in 1919, he broke the all-time record for home runs in a season, which was 29 at the time. He, he hit 29 home runs. Now, in today's standards, that doesn't seem very high, but we are talking 100 years ago, and we are talking about a different sport at that point. At uh, that point in time, 
Baseball surrounded itself on a defensive strategy. In other words, you tried to get them out as many times as possible and very, very few home runs were actually scored. In fact, majority of hitters would only score maybe two or three home runs in an entire season. Babe Ruth could hit the ball 10 times harder than any other hitter in the league. He was so strong and so charismatic, and the way he did it was so much better than anything that had come previously. And that the proof is in the pudding, and that he scored 29 home runs in 1919. At the end of the 1919 season, the Boston Red Sox found themselves in quite a big hole financially. The team was owned by a man named Harry Frazee, and he essentially was in a bit of ruin. He was in a lot of trouble financially, and he had absolutely no way of getting that money back. The only way he could do it was to sell off the assets of the Boston Red Sox to bring money in to finance his problems. Now, unfortunately for Frazee, he was having a little bit of trouble with some of the teams around the league, and he was in a bit of a feud with one of the big players in baseball, a man named Bam Johnson. Um, This meant that he was struggling to find a buyer for his superstar One of the only men willing to make a deal for Babe Ruth was a man named Jacob Rupert. Uh, Jacob Rupert was a brewer. He had lots of money tied up in alcohol. America was on the brink of prohibition. So he could see that the only way he could really make money was through his baseball team. And by bringing in a superstar like Babe Ruth, he had a potential of turning his money from alcohol into baseball and that's how he decided to do it for those of you who haven't already worked out Jacob Ruth was the co-owner of the New York Yankees and again I can hear some of you cheering and some of you booing he was actually sold for $100,000 in cash and $200,000 loan now that's a lot of money 100 years ago um, I, I don't know the calculation, but I'm assuming it's going to be well into the millions of today's money. So Babe Ruth was potentially one of the most expensive transfers ever in baseball history. The Boston Red Sox went into freefall. They had won four World Series between the years of 1912 and 1918, and they didn't win one again until 2004 86 years later until the Boston Red Sox won the World Series and they put it down to that sale of Babe Ruth that was what marred the Boston Red Sox for eight decades nearly nine nearly a whole century without winning the major trophy in baseball and they put it down to that transfer being a bad omen against the club. However, in that 86-year period that Babe Ruth had gone to the Yankees, they won 26 World Series in that 86-year period. And prior to that, they'd never even been in a World Series. So the fortunes followed Babe Ruth, and uh, they certainly left Boston behind. 
Babe Ruth basically saved the sport of baseball in the 1920s. Um, there was a quite a well-known thing called the Black Sox scandal, uh, where eight members of the Chicago White Sox were basically punished and banned for life for playing um, after it was believed that they fixed the 1919 World Series. Because of this, a lot of fans basically fell out of love with the game. They thought, well, why would we pay to go and watch a game if the results are fixed? Why would we pay money for this? Um, you know, if if they already know what the result is before we even enter the game. Um, it took the magic out of the sport. And Babe Ruth, with his charismatic, hard-hitting and you know the way he played the sport just meant that people wanted to go and see him people wanted to go and see this man they wanted to see him hit home runs and he arguably saved the sport in the 1920s one other thing happened in the 1920s that marred baseball and changed the way the sport was being played um, and that happened on August the 16th 1920 um, Babe Ruth was actually in the stands at this game. Carl Mays, the pitcher, uh, threw a ball to Ray Chapman, who was the hitter at the time. Ray Chapman couldn't see the ball, and it hit him on the side of the head. He then took a couple of steps forwards uh, and collapsed. A few pieces of his skull fractured and went into his brain, and he died the following day. He was the first and only, I believe, uh, fatality at a baseball game. Um, and a lot of this happened because the ball that was being used was the same ball for the whole game. So again, we have a similar thing in cricket. Um, we have had tragedies where people have died in cricket. In fact, only a few years ago, um, there was a an Australian cricketer that died uh, for being hit in the head with a cricket ball and, and he was wearing a helmet um, but what they changed in baseball was the way the ball was used um, and this benefited the hitters more than it benefited the pitchers um, in baseball very very similar with cricket um, you would spit on one side of the ball to make it shiny and you would scratch up the other side of the ball um, whether that was with uh, a fingernail or whether I, as a cricketer, I'm not proud to say it, but we wear studs. Um, so if that means standing on the rough side of the ball uh, with a stud to just to dig in a little bit, um, it makes the ball a little bit more erratic. It can swing better. It can move in the air. Um, and at baseball is very similar. They would pick at the ball. They would rub uh, spit or tobacco juice or, or anything like that into the ball um, to make it a little bit harder for the batsman to see or the hitter to see. Um, throughout the game, the ball would get dirtier. Uh, it wouldn't be as white um, and it, it was a lot harder to see. And Ray Chapman, uh, unfortunately, when this happened, couldn't see the ball um, and it swung into his head. And, and obviously that's where the fatality came from. Uh, baseball immediately put a review out and changed the rules this rule change meant that as soon as a ball was starting to wear out as soon as a ball was starting to get dirty 
or um or, or showing signs of of leather deterioration that ball needed to be changed which meant that the pitchers have a harder job now of throwing a ball um, as they did beforehand uh, that meant obviously it's a lot easier for the hitters to make those all important home runs now this does have a little bit of contrast in cricket um it for an example a new ball is very very dangerous in the hands of a fast bowler in cricket um, whereas a weathered older ball would be better in someone like my hands because um, I bowl what's called leg spin which is uh, a, a combination of spin on the ball so it bounces a bit more erratically and an, an older ball is better for that um, cricket is obviously a different sport but like I said I am going to go backwards and forwards with these two because I don't know a huge amount about baseball so I'm going to always try and link it back to something I know and this change in the rules really, really benefited Babe Ruth, uh, especially Babe Ruth. He'd already set the record of 29 home runs in a season. Um, now, this was a lot easier for him to get a little bit more than 29. In 1921, Babe Ruth transitioned fully from a pitcher to a hitter. He pitched five more times in his career, but not really that much when you consider it. The year of 1921, he hit 54 home runs. The next nearest person in the league hit 19. He really took advantage of this new rule change. The following year, he hit 59 home runs. That year, he led New York Yankees to their first pennants. Um, but he, they did lose the World Series to the New York Giants, um, which I didn't know was a baseball team because they are now an American football team. So, What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Someone can 
tell me who the New York Giants became because I didn't know there was another New York-based baseball team. So someone will tell me, I'm sure. Um, I can probably hear some of you screaming at me now saying there is another one, and I, but it's completely gone from me. Um, but nonetheless, he led them to a World Series, their first ever World Series. They may have lost, but he led them there anyway. Even though they lost, the Yankees packed the stadiums. No matter where they went, every stadium was packed full of fans. Everybody wanted to see Babe Ruth. Everybody wanted to see this big hitting man who could change the game, change the sport in ways that we couldn't imagine. He then signed a contract in 1923 that paid him $52,000 a year. This was unheard of, absolutely unheard of amount of money. In fact, it was actually more than some teams played paid, sorry, their entire playing team. He was the he was on that much money. And it didn't mean anything because he actually made more money from endorsements and adver- ad- advertisements and other things like that than what he actually made playing for the Yankees. He was a true sportsman and a man who reveled in the attention that he was receiving. He would always stop for reporters. He'd always stop for the fans, signing bats, signing balls, um, waiting for pictures. Um, He would answer questions from journalists. No matter what the question was, even the ridiculous questions, he would stop and have time for the fans. Um, And again, you've got to remember in an era where there's no television, he was probably one of the most recognisable men in America. Babe Ruth was the original playboy. He was charismatic. He was famous. He was a large eater. (laughs) He had a big appetite. Um, He would go into restaurants and and order massive amounts of food. Um, Even though alcohol was banned, he was rich. So as we know, prohibition didn't affect the rich. Um, And he was able to carry on his lavish lifestyle. He was a legendary drinker. Um, He was a legendary whoremonger as well. Um, there was many, many times he would be in and out of hotel rooms with different women, despite the fact that he was married um, in a well in a marriage with a, a woman he'd been married to since 1914. Um, he didn't care. He just carried on the way he was. Um, he was a bad boy of baseball as well. You know, we're, we're painting him out like this great superstar, which he was. Um, but in 1922, he was banned from playing five times. He was banned for different exploits. He got banned for throwing dirt at an umpire. He got banned uh, for threatening to beat up another umpire. Um, he got banned for crashing his car and nearly killing himself. Um, he, he also got banned for jumping in the stands and trying to beat up a fan who was calling him names. He was uh, constantly in trouble with the league. And to top it off, the Yankees lost the World Series again that year to the Giants. Babe Ruth was lambasted by his manager and and the press and was told basically he was a role model for young children. He was the man that lots of kids looked up to and he needed to change his ways. And he made a promise to, to do so and to not be 
the bad boy of baseball. He wanted to be uh, loved for how good he was rather than how naughty he was. Now, at this time, the Yankees played their home games at the Polo Grounds in New York. This was the home of the New York Giants, not the home of the Yankees. And the Giants didn't really like this, the fact that there was another team playing in their back garden. And they certainly didn't like it that the Yankees brought in more fans. They had a much bigger attendance than the Giants because everyone wanted to see Babe Ruth. And on that basis, they kicked him out. They said, you're not playing here anymore. Go and find your own stadium. For God's sake, we want our stadium back. So, in the 1923 season, the Yankees opened their own stadium. And this was called Yankee Stadium. And it is known as the home that Ruth built. So, Babe Ruth, essentially. He was the driving force behind Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium was built and it was designed in a way that benefited Babe Ruth's swing. Um, obviously, he's a left-handed swinger. The where majority of his home runs were hit, that's where they put the lowest, the lowest fences and the, the lowest uh, or the shortest distance. And they made it essentially a home for Babe Ruth. This is where he was going to score the most amount of home runs. And in the first game at Yankee Stadium, Babe Ruth christened it with a home run. Yankee Stadium was the home of the New York Yankees up until 2008. uh, And that's when they got a new stadium. So it was there for a very, very long time. And it was pretty much unchanged, other than obviously updated seating and stands and things like that. But the, the actual pitch remained very, very similar to one that Babe Ruth would have played on back in the 1920s. And at the end of the 1923 season, the Yankees again made it to the World Series where they played yet again the Giants, but it was third time lucky for the Yankees and Babe Ruth, and they won that World Series. In 1925, uh, Babe Ruth hit a bit of a, a bad patch um, he ended up having surgery uh, on his stomach, and this was dubbed the bellyache heard around the world. And um, this was because he was basically a party boy. He had a lavish lifestyle of uh, sex and alcohol, and he was known for overindulging in food. So the papers jokingly called it that, the bellyache around the world. Um, and yeah, he was he was famous that year for. Uh, for basically for having a, a bad stomach and, and a surgery on it. It was also the year that his marriage pretty much fell apart. Um, his wife had given up almost. They'd been married 11 years at this point. He'd pretty much cheated on her every day since day one. And unfortunately, with them both being Catholic, divorce was not on the horizon. But she essentially gave up on the relationship. The same year, uh, Babe Ruth was banned for playing for a week. He was fined $5,000, and he had to beg the manager to get back on the field. Added to this, the Yankees had their worst season uh, in in years. They ended up bottom of the table, bottom of the rankings, um, or pretty much bottom of the table and rankings. And this was really, really bad for the Yankees, uh, especially a team that had won World Series in the last few years to sort of go from that 
that high point right down to the bottom really, really affected the team. You would think that this would be the end of the Yankees story and uh, you know they'd, they'd had a good couple of years, they'd won a World Series um, and they'd just fallen from the top of the mountain. This was not the case. In 1927, arguably the best baseball team ever to take the field uh, was the New York Yankees. They were dubbed Murderer's Row. How, this is how good they were. This was a team that consisted of Babe Ruth as the centerpiece and another famous baseball player named Lou Gehrig's. Um, many of you will probably know him from the name of the disease. Uh, that's because he contracted ALS. He was one of the most famous people to, one of the first famous people to get it. Uh, and ALS is is now known as uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. That's where it comes from, the first baseman for the New York Yankees in 1927. The Yankees were fearsome in 1927. They won 110 games. They won the pennants by 19 places or 19 points, uh, and they absolutely destroyed the Pittsburgh Pirates at the World Series. No one could touch them. They were so far ahead of every other team in the league, and they really climbed back to the peak of their greatness. And Babe Ruth broke the record yet again with 60 home runs in a single season. They then won the World Series the following year against the St. Louis Cardinals, the same team that beat them in the World Series in 1926. The Yankees manager died in 1929, um, and the previous three years, the Philadelphia... I can't remember the name. The team in Philadelphia, someone's going to correct me on this. Um, I didn't write it down, which was really stupid. Um the team in Philadelphia had won three pennances in a row and the Yankees had finished second uh, every year. So they were starting to sort of decline a little bit. Um, Babe Ruth in 1929 made a bid for the Yankees manager. Uh, this didn't happen. He was never appointed Yankees manager, but he wanted the job. He wanted to be a player manager. And the Depression hit America in 1929 it hit it quite bad. America suffered, I would say, worse than a lot of other countries um, during the Depression, and I will do an episode on the Great Depression and the Wall Street crash. Um, a lot of teams fell into disrepute. A lot of players uh, ended up having to take pay cuts, and Babe Ruth was on $80,000 a year. In fact, he was on more money than the president. He was asked as a reporter, by a reporter if he believed that it was fair for a baseball player to earn more money than the president, to which Babe Ruth replied, but I had a better year than he did. I mean, to be fair, he wasn't wrong. The president had a shocking year in 1929. Um, if my memory serves me correctly, it was Herbert Hoover, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm almost certain I remember him being the president in 1929 because they had things called Hoovervilles for people who basically lost their homes. Um, someone will correct me if I'm wrong there, but I'm, I'm almost certain it was Hoover in 1929. Um, in fact, before the end of this show, I'm going to Google it just to make sure that I was right because 
uh, historically, if I'm wrong, I'm not going to be not going to be happy with myself there. Babe Ruth, unfortunately, fell prey to something that every athlete falls prey to at some point in their life, and that is father time. The older you get, the less relevant you are uh, when it comes to sporting uh, sporting life. Um, he had one more moment in the sun, one more type of glory, one more um, one more day, <laughs> uh, and that was in 1932. He led the Yankees to the World Series again against the Chicago Cubs. Now the story goes that Babe Ruth walked out onto the mound. Did the mound for the pit? No, the mounds for the pitchers. Anyway, walked out. And pointed to a point in the in the crowd, a place in the stand. Um, the ball was pitched in, and he gave it a massive slog, hit the ball as hard as he could, and he hit it to the exact point that he'd just pointed to, and scored a home run. This home run helped the Yankees to win their next World Series and topped off his career with seven World Series wins. Now, whether the story is true that he pointed to a place in the crowd or whether he was just swinging his bat um, and it just happened to go in that direction, I don't know. But it's a nice story, even if it's not true. He carried on playing for a couple more years, but realistically, his playing days were over. He really wanted to manage or coach a team. He took a position with the Boston Braves, um, this was as a player coach role with a view to putting him in as the manager should he do well. Um, realistically, he'd been had. They were never considering putting him in as as a, a manager, um, but they wanted that signing. Babe Ruth was still a household name. He might not have been the great player that he was 10 years ago or even five years ago but he was still a household name he was still the biggest name in baseball he called it quits he retired um he actually retired with a record of 714 home runs that was twice as many as the man in second place at the time of his retirement uh, and that was his former teammate lou gehrig he retired quite comfortably he was very well off he did a lot of um, meet and greets. He started playing golf. Um, and he went into a... Uh, I don't really know how to describe it, but like a entertaining the troops. Um, the only thing I can link it to that I know um, is South Park, and they do a thing called the USO Show, um, where they're famous people go out and entertain the troops. Uh, I, I don't know anything about them um, or what they are, but... Babe Ruth basically encouraged people uh, with the war effort in in the Second World War. He was he was like um, a spokesman, uh, so to speak. Um, in fact, he was that famous that the Japanese, one of the Japanese war cries during the Second World War, was "To hell with Babe Ruth." Um, that's how much he actually meant to the world. You know, that's how famous he was. Even the Japanese used him as an insult uh, during the Second World War. He was diagnosed with cancer um, in 1948, and unfortunately, 
this was uh, the the end of of Babe Ruth's life. Cancer treatment hadn't gone very far at this point. Radiotherapy and chemotherapy were in its infancy. Um, unfortunately, with his constant cigar smoking as a player, um, or throughout his whole, his whole his whole adult life, um, there wasn't really much that could be done for him. Um, in June 1948, he went to Yankee Stadium. Um, this was his last appearance at Yankee Stadium. This was to commemorate 25 years since the 1923 season. Uh, he came out onto Yankee Stadium using a baseball bat as a walking stick. Um, he looked very, very frail at this point. Just two months later, he died at the age of 53. Babe Ruth was entered into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1936, and he was one of the first five inaugural members of that Hall of Fame. Some of his all-time statistics, um, he was ninth on all-time, these are all-time uh, so he was ninth uh, on the batting average list with th- 0.342, uh, seventh in all-time total bases with 5,793, fourth on all-time runs with 2,174, third on all-time bases on balls uh, with 2,062. Third on the all-time home run list with 714. Third on the run batted in list with 2,213. Second on the all-time at-bats per home run list with 11.76. Second on the all-time on-base percentage with 4 point... Sorry, 0.474. And he was first with the on-base plus slugging with 1.164 and the on-base plus slugging plus with 206. I don't know what that means, by the way. And he was first on all-time slugging percentage with 0.690. These records are up to date and he is still top of some lists more than a hundred years since he played his first game. Now, you tell me that's not one of the best sportsmen that's ever lived. And to top it off, he was an average looking man. I know that sounds really stupid, but he wasn't your six pack skinny muscled athlete that you see today. He was an average man and he was the best at his sport. And he changed the entire game uh, you know just i don't know much about baseball but what i do know comes from babe ruth so i hope you've enjoyed this guys it's uh, a bit out of my comfort zone this type of history um so i do apologize um and i'm sure i've got certain things wrong i have double checked i was right it was hoover he was the president in 1929 so i am quite proud of myself for that one without a uh, having to double check until the end so i'd have been a bit annoyed if i got that one wrong to be honest but um nonetheless i I hope you guys have enjoyed um bit of a different episode hopefully a little bit more jolly than some of our other ones um for all of you out there who have listened to the last few episodes um 
that have had Midad on. I know there's been a few of them, sort of four or five in the last few weeks. Um, please get in contact with me because my dad doesn't get much feedback. Um, I only give him the feedback that I receive. Um, sometimes we get loads and sometimes we get very little. Now, I'm used to this. Uh, I'm used to getting some really good feedback on some of my episodes. And I know the certain listeners, about four or five of you, who will give me feedback on every episode, which I absolutely love. Um, but if you have listened to any of the episodes and you want to give me a little bit of feedback, please do. Um, you can do it to me privately, um, but it's just little things to let me dad know because he always he always has this attitude that he's, uh, his episodes aren't as good um, or how come I get loads of replies for my episodes but he doesn't get very many. Um, and I keep saying it's not that, it's just some people, you know, they don't just don't reply. Um, so he's feeling a little bit left out, guys. So first, <laughs> he's going to kill me for saying that. But if some of you guys who have listened and think, do you know what? That was a really good episode. Whether it's this one, whether it's the Pilgrim Fathers that he's just done, or the Adolf Hitler one a few weeks ago, or any of the episodes, just drop us a message. Let me know what your favorite episode is, why it's your favorite episode, um, what you want to hear in the future. I've had a few messages from guys. Um, you know, we just did... Uh, an episode a few weeks ago that was a, a user a user a listener request so if there are listener requests out there get in touch i will do them when i can um we especially if they are fantastic ones like that uh the man with the umbrella um fantastic great episode um so get in touch we will get hold of uh any episodes if you want them doing um i say it every week guys um and it is really really important uh for all of you I am trying to get these episodes out as quickly as possible. Um, we are getting more and more now. We are starting to get back into the rhythm that we had prior to uh, the new year. The only way I can get these episodes out is with you guys following me, uh, whether that is following me on iTunes, whether it's Spotify, um, anything like that. Just click that follow button. It gets more downloads into the system. Um, it makes my podcast company uh, know that I have a lot of listeners because I've got a lot of subscribers. The best way to support me, support this podcast, is by getting over to Patreon. Um, there has been a bit of a dip in it. I understand why um, we haven't had as many episodes come out. Not only that, guys, I understand that this isn't... Uh, people are struggling at the moment, and um, for the ones of you who have stuck around or the ones of you who are thinking of joining, it is $5 a month, Um goes to a good cause it all goes into the podcast it helps with recording times and and uh, you know we don't actually make a huge amount of money off this podcast in fact I can guarantee you last month from the full podcast uh, I made nine dollars so when you think of the amount of time and effort that goes into making these and recording them getting them out putting them out every single week um, I don't think anyone would do it for $9 unless you're absolutely passionate about it. So, um, And I am really, really passionate when it comes to the history and uh, I hope this comes across. But obviously your guys' support with me um, is what pushes me forwards and what keeps me coming back every week to uh, to you know to to get these out so um if you can spare it and you can get over to patreon it is really really good um and it will help me out plus more importantly than anything you do get extra episodes over there and 
you don't have to deal with those annoying adverts, uh, which is really important. So failing that, get yourselves uh, onto iTunes. Leave me a review. Reviews are always really, really important to pushing the show forwards. Um, the more reviews I get, the more chance I've got of getting back onto that carousel for the history um, podcasts. So I have been on there a few times in certain countries. We are uh, sometimes in the top sort of maybe 100 history podcasts um, in certain countries. Uh, unfortunately, I have dropped out of all of those charts recently, um, which is partly down to myself, um, and I want to make sure that we get back onto there and get these episodes uh, back in people's ears. So thank you very much, guys, for listening. Um, and, yeah, let me know. Get in touch. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, Facebook is just This Week in History. Join the group. Um, play the games that we do on there uh, if you can't do that contact me on email which is twihpod at gmail.com thank you, see you next week brain fog, insomnia, moodiness weight gain, maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40 they can all connect to menopause it's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience not just hot flashes MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.